I'm Kathy from Corellian Run Radio, and I am here with... I'm James Olin. I'm the Game Director of Star Wars The Old Republic. Okay, James, today, or no, a couple days ago, they released a lot of information about guilds, which was very exciting to a lot of people. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the pre-launch? You have guilds that are re registering ahead of time, is that right? Yeah, so we know that um, one of the key points to having a successful massively multiplayer role-playing game is by having a game that really encourages social play, that encourages people to, you know, find online friends, to join into guilds. That's what that's the glue that keeps people coming back to play your game over and over again. So we want to make sure that um, our guilds are very successful. And so one of our plans was to have this early launch of the guild program so players could form their guilds way before the game launches and therefore when they, they can have their, their groups together and they'll already be ready to uh, you know join the guild when the game launches. It was it's something that other um, companies haven't done yet and we felt hey it's a little innovation in guilds. Well, you know, anytime you try to take control away from a player, they first their first reaction is to say, "Wait a minute." But uh, but I know. Well, that's one thing. One thing that uh, we're really real feels important is to take feedback from our fan base and make sure that we use that feedback to make the game that they want to play. So, if you know, we get a lot of feedback on certain aspects of the game, we're going to make modifications. We've been using uh, right now. We have several uh, cohort tests where we've had hundreds or even thousands of players playing the game. And we gather all the data and the feedback from those guys, and we use that to, to make modifications to the game. So if people don't like something, we're not going to you know, say, hey, we're designers, we know best. We're going to make sure that we... That brings me to something I wonderful that I heard yesterday when Daniel Erickson was doing one of the booth presentations. He's, he quoted you. I mean, he said, I'm going to read it. It was so great, I wrote it down. He said, uh, this is what James Olin tells us. He goes, you know, the whole, the whole end part of the product is just polish. And everything that you think and everything that you've had for the philosophy and everything that you think as a designer is right is now wrong. And it's like you said, the players are the ones that right is right. Can you can you explain what you meant by that? Well, when you're at um, you know, when you're at the home stretch and you're making the you have to make a lot of painful decisions. Um, so because you, know, you know you you don't have unlimited resources, you don't have unlimited time, you have to make adjustments that are gonna make the game better. So you have to put aside your ego and you have to just use the feedback and the data you're getting um, to use the limited resources and time you have to make the best changes to the game you can. And so that's kind of what um, the plot, like, even um, I have the most power over decisions on the game, on the project, but I, I try to limit myself as much as I can because I know that if I make some decisions that I care about, I'm taking away resources that we could, for example, use to make adjustments that a huge percentage of our fans would think would make the game better. So it's that's really what it's about. It's about making sure that you're making adjustments to the game that the fans and the players are going to see have the biggest impact and make the game better for them. Right. And would one of those, well, I remember maybe this past summer even, it wasn't that long ago, I mean, the, a lot of the talk was about, you know, choice matters and you make these decisions in flashpoints and, um, you know, things stay the same and they don't change. But now we're talking about repeatability. Is, is that one of the things that maybe changed a little bit from your original Yeah, we, um, one of the things, uh, the thing about flashpoints is they're one of the key points, um, they're one of the, our key social activities. They encourage players to group up into groups of four and to adventure together and to have lots of fun together. And, you know, our flashpoints can be really funny and they're just, they're just one of the best social activities. And the fact is, um, making them repeatable allows players to, you know, have that experience as many times as they want. And it's just... It's something that's obviously not innovative in that most MMOs do allow that to happen. So, yeah, we've we've decided flashpoints need to be something that has to that, that need to be repeatable. 
strange thing is we get comments from both sides there's lots of uh, MMO fans who think that we've gone too far you know with story and that we're gonna not produce an MMO and it's, it's, it's horrible and then we have people who think that you know we haven't gone far enough and you know there's just another MMO so you're never gonna win that battle but um, I feel we've um, we've taken the smart road which is we've we don't we're working within a genre that's the MMO genre we have a huge fan base and they have certain expectations and we've made sure that we're going to give them everything that they expect and that's they want massive huge worlds um, you know where they they don't feel constrained where they feel that they they're they're immersed in you know another universe um, they need to have lots of systems where they're able to socialize guilds and chat and, and raids and, um, and the ability to engage in PvP all sorts of activities that are um, that are social in nature we've given all those at crafting you know crafting is a very important part of them I know that for a long time people were wondering are they even going to have crafting um, and that's something we have a very even though you said there yes, wouldn't be crafting I know so we but we have a very we have a very cool um, crafting system that's um, that it, it really works within the Star Wars universe and is very innovative as well but I think it's going to appeal to crafters more than a lot of the crafting systems in some of the other games for example in our crafting system we added the ability to critical on a, a crafted item which will actually make that item as valuable as say an item you might get in a raid or a battleground, which is something that crafters have always complained about is they, they can't really create items that people want. Right, um, right. So that's something we took to heart and put in. But um, yeah, we've innovated definitely in story. And I think that's something that, um, that's an innovation that I think people are going to, even people who didn't think they wanted it, I think are going to play the game and realize, actually, I did want that. And the reason they're going to think that is because MMORPGs are RPGs and role-playing games have you know advanced over the years to the point now where you don't you don't get your story through big blocks of text you get your story through very interactive voiceover cinematic scenes that's what you see now you see that in Bioware games you see that in Squaresoft games you even see now that in um, like a game like Oblivion or a Fallout 3 like every everybody's doing that and um, I think it's just the natural step for MMORPGs to start having much more immersive storytelling and um, the feedback we're getting from players is is basically telling us that they love the story. In fact, um, this is a story I love to tell. One of them, um, there was a guy one, uh, in one of the, the research tests we had. One of the guys was asked a question, like, "Why?" All the guys were asked questions. Why did you join into this test? And one of the guys was like, "Well, I wanted to see how big of a disaster story was, so I signed up for the test to see how bad it was going to be." But but after playing for five minutes. I love the story, and so he's, he's talking about how much he, he was like one of the big story lovers then. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's funny. He's, um, so he, he, yeah, he basically he came onto the test because he wanted to see how bad it was, and then he got converted with, um, with the story almost immediately. <laughs> I think he just, you know, he probably, I think part of it comes from the fact that so many uh, games from the past have promised to deliver story, and, um, and fans have been disappointed when, you know, they've played it and they haven't really delivered that story aspect. But we've... Bioware has had a, you know, has a very strong foundation with, with story, 
and we've been able to bring that to the Star Wars The Old Republic. You know, we have very experienced writers, we have a lot of, we have uh, people who know how to build tools that allow you to, to um, build cinematics, and we know um, the importance of having, inter you know, we know the importance of the um, player owning the story, because that's, that's one thing that Empire Games have always tried to do, is make the player feel like he owns the story, not the author, it's the difference, you know, between movies and books and video games. In a video game, you know, you have to make the player feel like he's in control at all times, including when in story. Before I let you go, on our podcast, we have a regular feature. It's called Sith or Jedi, and we challenge each other in real-life situations to see what you would do. So I'm going to propose you a situation. <laughs> you are a tired deadbeat from your busy day at PAX. Yeah. You head back to your hotel. You hit the elevator button. You wait a little while, and then finally it comes, and you get in the elevator, and you hit your floor button. Out of the corner of your eye, you see someone sort of scurrying toward the elevator, and you're not sure they're going to make it. What do you do? <laughs> do you, one, hit, hit the open door button or put your arm in to make sure they get on? Do you, two, look away, maybe start texting, pretend you don't see anything? Or three, do you start smashing the closed door button? <laughs> well, I'm a polite Canadian, so I'd have to put my arm very out good. and uh, that them sounds very. That sounds very Jedi. You walk the light side. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, James Olin. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks. It's been a great show. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>